Alex Marlowe, Editor-in-Chief of Breitbart News, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. We spend most of the opening of the broadcast today talking politics. We get into clips of the Ohio senatorial debate, which took place last night. We saw Tim Ryan double down on violent rhetoric against the maggots. And we also highlight some of the horrific voting records of many of the swing state Democrats up for election in just uh, four weeks from today. We get into a lot of polling and political trends as well. Is the red wave upon us? That is the big question. Then Breitbart News senior writer John Nolte joins us. He's also my godfather. And we discuss Tulsi Gabbard leaving the Democrat Party, Kanye's latest self-immolation, Lizzo, Stacey Abrams, Colbert embarrassing himself with Dr. Fauci, Patty O'Rourke embarrassing himself with the Dixie Chicks, and a lot more. It's a really fun segment. We cover a lot of ground as well. All that to come. Let's get into it. Day. Um, probably less nice for you if you were in Philadelphia and you drove by a statue that was covered in a box because you had the block Columbus because he represents something horrible, I guess, because that's the one of the trends that's been going on in this country is to hate on Columbus, even though, you know, who's to say we'd even have a country without him? Who's to say? Uh, well, all the woke people who run our society now, they would know. They would know best, right? They've been right about everything so far. Um, uh, interesting that these will be the people who are writing our history books and are in charge of educating our children. As we point out at Breitbart over and over again, the true story of Columbus is that it actually became a national holiday to combat racism against Italian-Americans. But hey, uh, if you celebrate it, you must be some sort of a racist or something. And just take whoever your uh, uh, feminism studies at Wesleyan professor, take their word for it, that uh, he really was just uh, uh, only brought bad things. Even though there were no human rights in America at the time he got here. And of course, we were set on a path that led to human rights, the freest and fairest society that ever existed, at least for a brief moment. But uh, it's a good time to rage against uh, Italians. That, that's important. It's a great time of year to have that tradition. That is the new tradition now on Columbus Day. Depressing. So, but I like to open the show with something royally depressing. Um, so anyway, we've covered some coverage of that at Breitbart.com. Should, if you are so inclined. We have a lot of political stuff to get through today. We are, uh, I think, exactly four weeks away from Election Day. I know that many of you are voting now. Uh, I am voting by mail, I think, this time around, simply because I work a lot on Election Day. Can you imagine that? I work a lot on Election Day. Um, so I'll probably do that just because it's, it's, it gives me a maximum freedom to travel, should I need to travel. Uh, and uh, I just started that voting yesterday, which is kind of odd. Like, it's the end. It's somewhat unnecessary, but uh, that's just the way we're in, the way the, way the world right now. It's time to get with the times. Starting to vote, because if you care about judges and stuff and you're trying to make the best decision on judges, it's like a huge homework assignment. Even if you're someone who lives and breathes this stuff 24-7, as I do. Um, but let's hear what's going on in some of the other races, some of the key races. Yesterday was the Ohio Senate debate. There'll only be one between Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance, and it was pretty hot. I was getting a lot of texts coming in, updating me on what 
people are thinking of this race and what this how this debate played out a big snark fest going on a lot of dunkage let's play some clips we got cut one here mr zach go ahead Congressman Ryan, we want to get to you here. Uh, it was alluded to, but on MSNBC, you said Americans need to, quote, kill and confront the extremist movement within the GOP. In the past, you've condemned Donald Trump's rhetoric as having the possibility to incite violence. Is that similar language that you once condemned? Movement. Kill and confront the extremist movement, of which J.D. Vance, unfortunately, is a part of. Right? Who says that the President of the United States is intentionally trying to kill people with fentanyl? Who says that the election was stolen? J.D. Vance does. Who runs around with Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who wants to ban books? You're running around with Lindsey Graham, who wants a national abortion ban. You're running around with Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's the absolute looniest politician in America. This is a dangerous group, and we do need to confront it, and that's why I'm running to represent the exhausted majority, Democrats, Republicans, and independents Candidates. against the extremists. All right, so uh, he doubles down on the violent rhetoric. So just know that if you're in Ohio, that he wants to uh, kill the MAGA movement. I, I just don't understand how that was what his consultants came up with after a month or so. We'll just say you're trying to kill the movement. It's the as if he didn't mean kill actual individuals. There is still no evidence based on that answer that he doesn't want violence brought against Republicans who support Donald Trump or support people other than Tim Ryan and Joe Biden. I, I don't understand. You have 100 plus inc- incidences of violence against crisis pregnancy centers and other Judeo-Christian groups over the summer. You see the assassination attempt of Brett Kavanaugh. You see a teenage boy slaughtered for being a alleged extremist MAGA Republican when he really wasn't. And it's not a that I misspoke. There's no class. The left has completely lost their class. A lot of people on the right don't have particularly large amounts of class at this point also, but the left in particular. Uh, there's never any ability to say I misspoke. Let's um, let me let me say, by the way, uh, I completely disavow political violence. That was not what I meant. I meant that uh, MAGA has not been good for the country, and here's why. And then he goes into stuff like Ron DeSantis wants to ban books. Now, Ron DeSantis wants to ban grooming of children in the publicly funded schools. He doesn't believe you should have the trans propaganda assigned with government money in our school system. A position that if it was actually spelled out to the majority of Ohio voters, I can guarantee you that they would be supportive of that. That is not the best use of time for people with uh, young families to explain to them the rare, 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 rare instance where someone might be actually psychologically born into the wrong body in terms of their gender or sex. Assuming that even is real anyway, which I'm becoming increasingly skeptical of as this saga goes on. But let's say that does happen every once in a while. It should not be part of the school system, the actual curriculum. So that's what he's saying there. So national abortion ban. Well, Lindsey Graham wants one, what, at 15 weeks? Uh, again, another position that I can guarantee you the vast majority of Ohioans would, would be fine with that. 
And Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's dangerous. You know how we know she's dangerous? Because she's the looniest in the Congress. Infuriating. Infuriating. Um, J.D. Vance gives terrific answers and has a terrific platform. But uh, literally just being a warm body makes him a superior candidate to Tim Ryan. One of the worst guys running, no doubt about it. Uh, you know how often Tim Ryan votes with Democrat leadership and Joe Biden on the crucial issues? We took a look at it at Breitbart. Are you guys sitting down? 100% of the time. 100%. We're looking at the key votes. Um, Matt Boyle's team was the reporter Jacob Bliss. And we are looking at ProPublica, which is a left of center group that does some pretty great reporting sometimes, but is is decidedly left of center. And he's voted with Nancy Pelosi 100% of the time, according to 538 and ProPublica. 100% of the time with Joe Biden. And when uh, he was in the Congress and Trump was a president, he voted with Trump 16% of the time. He's super, super moderate, moderate guy. Not a left-wing radical at all. This is my point about how the point of Congress people and senators in the end is how they vote, how they pull the trigger on legislation. Figuratively speaking, the point is how do they cast their ballots? It is not what they tweet. John Fetterman's staff tweets good stuff. And I've read some of it on the show. I don't have any right in front of me. But if he is sent to Washington, he will vote 100% of the time with Democrat leadership, if not 90% or 95% or 98%. It will not be a balanced voting record. And that's why it's so important not to sit stuff out, not to give Senate seats to Raphael Warnock because, um, you know, Herschel Walker had some personal uh, uh, failings. And I won't say he didn't. I won't say some of sometimes you don't get a great candidate. It just happens. Sometimes you do get a great candidate. Ohio, that was a pretty easy one, i got to admit. Uh, We got more on this. I'm going to play some more. Let's play. Um, Here's J.D. Vance talking to Tim Ryan. Let's play cut two. Go. Look, I've always believed in reasonable exceptions. This is a misrepresentation of my view. But let's hear it from me, not from Congressman Ryan. Uh, I I absolutely think the 10-year-old girl, the case that we've, of course, heard a lot about, an incredibly tragic situation. I mean, look, I've got a 9-year-old baby girl at home. I cannot imagine what that's like for the girl, for her family. God forbid something like that would happen. I have said repeatedly on the record that I think that that girl should be able to get an abortion if she and her family so choose to do so. But let's talk about that case. Because why was a 10-year-old girl raped in our community, raped in our state in the first place? The thing the media and Congress and Ryan, they talk about this all the time. The thing they never mentioned is that poor girl was raped by an illegal alien, somebody that should have never been in this state in the first place. You voted so many times against border wall funding, so many times for amnesty, Tim. If you had done your job, she would have never been raped in the first place. Do your job on border security. Don't lecture me about opinions I don't actually have. This is so great. The Democrats want to talk about the most extreme marginal cases that almost never come up when it comes to abortion, not the million or so abortions that take place in our country every year that are pure birth control. And even on the one, their favorite example, which is the Ohio girl who I I guess was raped and I think had to go to an adjoining state to get an abortion. Um, I don't know if she did or not. I forget the details, but she was 10. 
Uh, it, it is not that marginal case where it is heartbreaking no matter what side you come down on on this. If you come down on the extreme pro-life side, that a life is a life and there's nothing you can do at that point once the conception's happened, which I think is reasonable, or the position where you think that, look, she's 10 and you can't force her to carry her rapist baby to term when she's 10, which I think is also reasonable. Both are reasonable positions. And uh, instead of leaving that one up to the families, that we will make that the only thing we talk about and not the fact that she was literally raped by an illegal alien who had no business being in our country, which is the real story. Um, it is the absolute real story, and that is the main focus, and good for JD for putting the focus back on it. All right, we get some more. This is good. Let's keep rolling. Let's play cut three. We need leaders who have courage to take on their own party, and I've proven that, and he was called an ass kisser by the former president. The question so is I, the biggest threat to democracy. Sure. If you would like to answer that first, and then you can respond to some of his accusations. So I, I will answer the question, Colleen, because I think it's important for the voters for us to actually answer the questions. But first of all, I'm not going to take lectures on dignity and self-respect from a guy caught on video kissing up to Chuck Schumer and begging him for a promotion to his next job. That's the kind of guy that Tim Ryan is. Now, he just said, it's so funny, we're getting close to Halloween, and Tim Ryan has put on a costume where he pretends to be a reasonable moderate. But in fact, he, he said he stands up to his own party. The last two Congresses, Tim, you voted for Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden 100%. You consistently toe the party line on every single issue. I wish that you were the reasonable moderate. You said you were, because then Youngstown may have not lost 50,000 manufacturing jobs during, her, during your 20 years. Yeah, that's a good point. And that was probably, I wonder, um chicken egg thing. I wonder what came first, right first report or that comment. Um, I'm guessing our report came out first. It's kind of cool. Uh, but the, the, it just reminds you of how I played some of those clips multiple times of Trump making fun of JD uh, for whatever reason at rallies, how destructive that is and how unnecessary. And look, it's the, it's one of these things that we're going to deal with that for whatever reason, Trump feels like he has to make fun of some people he actually endorses, which he did with JD endorsed by Trump. And then Trump makes fun of him. And then it comes up in the debate. It's just a, a very odd move. It's uh, But it did happen. Trump did uh, call JD and ask kisser. Which I don't know why Trump decided to do that. Put the race in jeopardy. But uh, it, it was. I thought, I thought that was a good pivot. That it's a, well, it's, it's not quite the same as actually begging Chuck Schumer for a job. Crying Chuck Schumer. Um, let's see if JD was correct here. Let's play cut four. Let me tell you two real quick stories because Senator Schumer's here and I want to make sure he's my future boss. So I got to suck up a little bit here. Yeah, there you go. That's big ass kisser, Tim Ryan. Dude, maybe for Halloween, he could be an ass kisser. Wait a minute. He's being a moderate for Halloween. I'm confused. Anyway, uh, that's just the, the way of the world. Let's play cut five. This is J.D.'s, I think, his final closing remarks. 20 years ago, uh, I enlisted in the United States Marine Corps. That very same year, Tim Ryan went to Washington, D.C., where he has been failing at his basic job for 20 years. Talks a big game, but the record of accomplishment just isn't there. 
I think there's something very basic here. I think that people deserve certain things. Ohioans deserve certain things from their federal leadership. They deserve to go to the grocery store and be able to afford food without it breaking the bank. They deserve streets that you can walk down safely. They deserve a country that has a border. I promise we may not always agree on everything, but I'll never forget where I came from, and I'll never stop fighting to achieve those things for the people who deserve them. This is such an important election. I encourage people to go to jdvance.com and support me. But at, at the end of the day, the question here is whether we need new leadership in this state. Double down on the last two years of failed leadership or take this country in a different direction. I thank you all for listening. I thank you for watching, and I hope to earn your vote. God bless you guys. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of surf on the web to see how big this uh, 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 Tim Ryan pointing out that uh, Trump made fun of J.D., like that uh, how big that is. It's just all, all over left-wing Internet. Utterly annoying. Utterly annoying. All right. Uh, good close remarks, though. Uh, John Fetterman is in another important race in Pennsylvania, and he was talking about the president of the United States uh, which president? Well, let's hear from him. Let's play cut six. Go. Should uh, Joe Biden run again in 2024? I think that should be a decision made by Joe Biden. And and that's it's not a matter uh, anyone's choice other than his. And, and I respect whatever choice he decides. Yeah, we are not allowed to have opinions, but uh, we'll definitely get the well, who, who should decide? Can we play that one more time? I just want to make sure I get the name correct. Should uh, Joe Biden run again in 2024? I think that should be a decision made by Joe Biden. And and that's it's not a matter uh, anyone's choice other than his. And and I respect whatever choice he decides. Yeah, it's up to Joe Biden. Yeah, Joe Biden. Now, you know, people who know me in my personal life are already laughing because my beloved Beagle, uh, the one who you will see on my social media from time to time, is named Jobin. Not Jobin, but Jobin. So very similar pronunciation, just a different emphasis. So Jobin for me, Jobin for John Fetterman, he thinks Jobin is president. So it's just a, a endlessly amusing. Amazing dog, passed away, unfortunately. Cancer. Terrible. One of the toughest days of my life. I got a minute. Really painful when you lose an uh, animal for no good reason. There's not a lot of silver linings there when the uh, beautiful dog dies of cancer. But uh, it's a, it was, it was a, a, he was an amazing dog, and he became president of the United States, Joe Bin. Uh, why is he so afraid to have an opinion? Just say yes, he should run. I mean, this is what you have to say politically. Does he not think Joe Bin should run? Or does he think Joe Bin and Joe Biden are different? Ah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he, do, he does think they're two different people. Such an impressive mind. Such an absolutely impressive mind. Some other items that are out there. Kamala Harris, he did celebrate Indigenous People's Day instead of Columbus Day. She is just going to be such a racial uniter if she ever becomes president. She said no one should have to go to jail for smoking weed, even though she's jailed thousands of people for smoking weed. Thousands. Of marijuana-related crimes. Doesn't matter. Because Democrat politician now. So just say whatever, whatever she wants to say, and the media will let her skirt move on very quickly. Uh, perhaps people are getting sick of it, though, because they had to deploy Dr. Jill Biden 
And I don't think she was performing emergency surgeries because she is a doctor of education. She's not a doctor of you know, actual doctoring. She got her doctorate in her 50s because it's like most famous doctors in education, an ed D, not even a PhD, an ed D. She was deployed to Washington, Seattle specifically, because Senator Patty Murray is apparently not a shoe in to win her election, even in a deep blue state. Um, Republican Tiffany Smiley, the challenger there, doing a good job. And we would like to have her on the show. We'll reach out. But apparently within three points, at least in one major poll. Talk about a red wave. That could happen. Start flipping uh, Senate seats to uh, the Republicans in Washington. I was in Washington over the summer. I had one of my trips out there. And it just reminds you that, you know, people are fleeing Seattle, which is a left-wing haven. And then inland is normal. Just normal America. Normal, God-fearing people who like their land and don't like Brandon. Don't like their gas prices too high. So uh, why should it be automatic that a state like that has Democrat representation? Shouldn't be. Just because, you know, Starbucks is there and Microsoft. You would like to think that they wouldn't control the entire state. Hopefully they don't. Um, next up, the I, I this is from last week, but I do want to remind people that Hunter Biden is now facing drug. Uh, he's facing charges in a in tax uh, over taxes and guns. And there was a uh, there's a probe going on into him right now. And that is a legal expression. About probes going to Hunter Biden. Pro- pro- probably I should have worded that one better. Nothing I can do. I can't go back in time. Magic of live radio. But uh, this is somewhat exciting to me because I brought this back up in some of our reporting, and I brought this up personally, trying to remind people during the launch of My Son Hunter, which everyone should go to mysonhunter.com. Um, and, you know, the big anniversary coming up. The 14th is the anniversary of the laptop from hell, the second birthday of the release of laptop from hell, which, of course, was censored by our social media betters. But Hunter committed possible felony while buying a handgun, and he needed the Secret Service to help bail him out. I wrote about this for Breitbart a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, I will read from a piece I put out, which you can all find at Breitbart if you're so inclined. Hunter Biden's brother's widow, Hallie Biden, apparently assisted him with disposing of a firearm by throwing the weapon away into a dumpster behind a grocery store. The weapon then disappeared. Then the Secret Service inserted itself into the matter, reportedly approaching the owner of the store which the gun was purchased to seize records of the transaction. The White House denied any involvement in the situation. Obviously, that was a lie. The weapon which had allegedly been in the possession of a dumpster diver was eventually returned. Discovered that Hunter Biden lied while applying for the firearm, answering no on a question uh, inquiring about whether he had a history of drug use. Not only might this have been a felony for which Hunter went unpunished, it suggests that Joe Biden or someone in the administration might have used the power to protect the younger Biden son from the law. Meanwhile, tightening gun control regulations have remained a flagship issue for the Democrat Party. No kidding there. Good point, Marlowe. Um, But here's what's interesting here. The sentence for this could be 10 years. Now, this came up at um, one of Trump's rallies recently in between his rigorous schedule, making fun of, you know, Republican candidates. Uh, Trump did mention that he uh, thought it was a joke 
and thought it wasn't a big deal. Well, I, I strongly disagree. Uh, Al Capone was busted for tax evasion. He was not busted for, you know, massive criminal conspiracy or murder. That's how, that's how you got to get people sometimes. And given the fact that there is a Hunter Biden laptop and there's basically a list of felonies there that are all written out and no one seems to care is annoying, highly annoying even. But if he's got a uh, gun crime, getting a gun illegally and then discarding it illegally and then getting picked up by a dumpster diver and, you know, the White House potentially getting involved to bail him out and the Secret Service as well and teaming up with his brother's widow to do it. I mean, if he gets busted for that, that's fine with me. Though he will be missed because I do think Hunter Biden is by far the most likable Democrat. So he should be uh, being promoted to be president of the United States in my, from my vantage point. I'm not a Democrat primary voter, but if I was, I would be riding in Hunter for every candidacy possible, every race. Now, if any of you want to know why Joe and Kamala all of a sudden want to uh, let nonviolent drug abusers and drug criminals out of jail, uh, even though they spent their both of their careers respectively trying to put them in jail, it's just you don't need to look any further than the polls that suggest that 62 percent say that Joe Biden's economy is getting worse. So we're 29 days from the election. Gas is closing at eight dollars in California. Inflation is surging as a higher level of importance for blacks and Hispanic Americans. According to an economist and YouGov poll, crime might be the biggest issue of them all. Borders still open. We've even got stuff like the Democrat racism scandals that are going on. And I have a happy update in some ways. And I was a one where I'm happy to report I was dead wrong. LA City Council President Nuri Martinez had to step down after her racial slurs against a black child. I brought this up on yesterday's show, and I, uh, she and uh, idiotic councilman Kevin DeLeon, uh, as well as a, a few others, um, had unleashed some racial slurs against groups of people. One of them was uh, directed at a young black child, and some of these were caught... Uh, Councilman Mike Bonin, who is a left-wing Democrat in L.A.'s adopted black son, who was two, um, was, she said that uh, he needed a beatdown. She said they're raising him like a little white kid. I was like, this kid needs a beatdown. Let me take him around the corner and then I'll bring him back. And she described his son as Pareche Changuito, which is Spanish for that little monkey. Su Negrito, like on the side, which is apparently a derogatory term for black people. So she's out. They're protesting at her house, which is kind of a weird move. But caught in a hot mic, um, uh, calling a black child a monkey is, you would think you would you would have to resign after that. You would think so in this country. But I didn't think she would. I thought she'd, she'd weather it. She's not, though. She's gone. But anyways, bring me back to my point. Like, what are you voting for for Democrats? You're voting for them if you're just a, a left-wing person. If you're open-minded at all, and you're looking at the economy, and you're looking at the border, and you're looking at we're on the precipice of nuclear war, Joe Biden says to himself, Armageddon is coming. If you're looking at your bank statement, if you're looking at the division of the country, 
looking at the racial slurs flying from elected leaders, then you have to feel like, well, we got to try something else, right? At this point. I also mentioned that the stabbing that took place that where eight people were stabbed in Las Vegas and two Americans were killed, that was uh, uh, at the behest of Yoni Barrios, a legal alien from Guatemala who was living in Los Angeles. He apparently was uh, let off the hook by the Los Angeles DA, refused to prosecute the illegal alien who's now accused of murdering two Americans. Former Los Angeles DA Jackie Lacey reportedly fails to, failed to prosecute him. And um, he was uh, charged with something, 2019 domestic violence case that was not pursued. And then lo and behold, it kills Americans. Why would we deal with illegal alien criminals? That might be bad for our political future. And he's probably right. He's probably right. Probably would have been bad for a political future. The flip side of what's going on in uh, the West Coast of California is what's going on on the Southeast. Rapid recovery, over 99% now have power restored in Florida in access open to battered areas. Uh, do you know why you probably haven't seen much about this in the press? Because things are improving very quickly. The I have to say, I know Governor DeSantis' personality pretty well, and he certainly is not the type of guy who would not have been prepared for a big hurricane. It's the love him or hate him or in between. It's not something that he would have fallen asleep with the switch on. Would have been prepared for hurricanes. And he was. One Democrat strategist admitted that he hoped that Hurricane Ian would shift dynamics of Florida's gubernatorial race, which it has yet to do so far. DeSantis winning by double digits. Steve Contorno detailed the Democrats' deteriorating hopes of replacing DeSantis at CNN. Um, and this is one where uh, the, the Democrat establishment was pretty open that they were hoping this would have a political impact, even though it was going to devastate lives, people going to die. Doesn't make a difference. They always see their political future. And I, I note this not to judge entirely, though of course I am judging, but just to note that's the reality we're in, is that we're rooting against our fellow Americans and um, thinking that it's okay if they lose their homes, inability to access relatives, lose pets, maybe even die because, hey, we don't want DeSantis to win. We want Charlie Crist in. A friendly reminder of just how divided we are. Um, Raphael Warnock, Mark Kelly, Kathleen Cortez Masto. We went through Catherine. I'm sorry, not Kathleen. We went through... A lot of the key Democrats, Maggie Hassan, New Hampshire, and they just vote overwhelmingly over 90%, over 90% with socialist Bernie Sanders. And you know what's interesting? I bet if we go through Warnock's at 93, Hassan 92, Kelly 91, Cortez Masto 92% of the time vote with Bernie Sanders, the literal open socialist. And you know what's funny? I bet you if I look at those 8, 8%, I bet you I, I'm closer to Sanders. That's my guess. I bet you I would uh, vote with Sanders in those cases. <laughs> Guys are um, no different than your average Democrat. Democrat Cindy Axney was put on defensive 
uh, running in Iowa. That, that race is over. It's a, that's for the Grousley seat, and I think that race is, is done. But she's put on defensive saying she doesn't need to go to the border. Okay. Let's play cut eight. We got a little bit of this, I think. Mr. Zach, go. Listen, I don't need to go to the border on taxpayer dollars just to pull a publicity stunt. Yeah, but a publicity stunt. You had a record level of illegal aliens coming. I had a genuine conversation, an earnest conversation with a person in my life who lives, not my neighborhood, but near my neighborhood, saying that she's not going to allow for her kids to have a Halloween candy this year because of fentanyl. Now, I have no... Uh, information is suggest you know that I, I'm paranoid that there's going to be a, a massive widespread mass death event on Halloween because of fentanyl lace candy though I would be shocked if there wasn't some instance of that so moms and dads out there but just the fact that we have to think about that stuff because we have an open border and we're allowing for a massive illegal drug trade of drugs that will kill our families and there's a political party, a major political party, where allegedly serious adults will suggest that they are, uh, and the congresswomen, no less, that it's an all-publicity stunt to try to make light of this stuff, try to highlight it. it is, have we gone insane, or is this just a product of the news media giving permission to politicians to have these these positions that will lead to dead Americans. Just look what happened in Las Vegas. Abortion is not performing as well, according to polls, as Democrats would like as well. Uh, So looking at what people are motivated by, they're much more focused on inflation, gas, crime. Abortion is not as high of a factor as you might have thought during the Roe v. Wade saga. Because less than a third of the country went no limits on abortion. So 56% like the 15-week abortion ban, I think is kind of the, I think I'm just looking at Arizona now, but that's, you know, maybe a little bit right of where the country is in general, but that's a, it's about right. Not where people are focused right now is unlimited abortions. But Obama said it. He said, sometimes you just have to beat the racist, sexist, angry Republicans. That was his quote. Listeners of the broadcast know that John Nolte needs uh, no introduction. He was the second employee at Breitbart News, and he's my actual godfather. He's one of the most entertaining writers on all the internet and is just uh, nails it with so many interesting takes and angles and very funny as well. We cover a lot of ground in this wide-ranging interview. Let's hear it. I've got some breaking news that I'm going to bring up, and uh, John, I'm sure, will have a 
quick take on this. Tulsi Gabbard is leaving the Democrat Party. This makes sense to me because she basically bashes Democrats for a living. And so it makes sense she would leave eventually. Um, it is she's a fan favorite of you guys. If I look at the traffic of which personalities get the most virality of Breitbart's coverage, uh, when we cover her, it goes uh, pretty viral. Uh, does this take her off the list of Democrat politicians who've been on the show, which is a list like four names long? So I guess that's part of the problem there um, is that uh, Democrats don't like reaching across the aisle. She's been on the show. We did an in-studio um, interview with her in New York. It was really fun. Um, but what I really like about this is her statement on it. I'm going to read this. I can no longer remain in today's Democrat Party that is now under con- under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoke anti-white racism, actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms, are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, demonize the police and protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, believe in open borders, weaponize a national security state to go after political opponents, and above all, dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Other than the nuclear war part, which I'm not sold on yet, uh, every word of that is just pitch perfect. And, um, you know, it's the, 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 that stuff counts, being able to message that well. John, any quick thoughts? I agree with you. It's not the it's not the biggest surprise in the world. And I do think that it represents the way a lot of people are feeling right now. And the Democrats need to worry about that. As you have more and more people visibly reject and defy the Democrat Party, more and more people that are supposed to be in the Democrat Party that are just saying, you guys aren't saying I've had enough. I don't care what the repercussions are in the media, especially black people and Hispanic people and gay people, you know, these, these so-called identity groups, um, that sort of rebellion is what the Democrat party should worry about the most because you're going to have people saying, and Trump kind of did this to the Republican party. He, he made us say, Oh, it's okay to, to, to not like to, to oppose the Iraq war. It's okay to, to uh, uh, want to deport illegal immigrants, you change the way people think by saying, wait a minute, I'm not the only one who thinks this. It's okay to say this out loud. And that's what Tulsi Gabbard is doing. And it's a big threat because the Democrat Party has become this wacko, extremist, lunatic party that, you know, they were always big government, but now they're in bed with big business. And now they want to mutilate children to satisfy their trans base. Now they want to put gay pornography in school, and now they're now the now their leader Biden is calling all of us dangerous to democracy. Right, and so you have people like Tulsi Gabbard and others who are saying this is just too much. Yeah, exactly. And this is the this is the 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 I want to go through some of the points that she's making. So first of all, she says Democrats are in control of an elitist cabal of warmongers. Um, this is totally true. It's an elitist party. It's the same people in charge. And, uh, you know, if you look at uh, who this is part of my reporting, breaking the news, like who runs the institutional left, who is picking the candidates, who is running the newsrooms, it's all the same people. And then every time something new pops up, John, like we were just um, reporting last week 
on this a network of fake news sites that sites that impersonate local news who's running it it's david brock the guy who runs media matters which is an extension of clinton world um we were reporting a couple of weeks ago on this endeavor where this nonprofit that is paying people to make anti-trump and anti-maga videos who's funding it it's reed hoffman the paypal and linkedin billionaire who funds a bunch of other stuff that the democrats are doing it's it's, it's all a group of elitists who are trying to buy votes, and that is, and a lot of them want us to get into every war because why? It feeds the military-industrial complex, which benefits the deep state, which is almost entirely Democrats at this point. So, and then the cowardly wokeness. I like that expression as well because let's face it, most of us know that the trans stuff is not real; that's a big hoax. And with the exception of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent of adults, it, it should not be a part of the conversation. And yet, it's a constant factor in people's lives, particularly people with middle school and high school age kids, whether or not uh, who's transitioning and who's changing their status to gender queer and who's two spirit and all this stuff is fake. It's all a hoax. And the Democrats are too cowardly to say, stop, this has to stop because it fits their political narrative. And of course, this stuff is driving people away. Yeah. And there's, there's just no way that you can, they're trying to build a coalition as they lose the working class, as they lose Hispanics, as they lose uh, not a big piece, but a crucial piece of their black vote, they're trying to create a new coalition of identity through people mutilating themselves. So yeah. the trans stuff, let's mutilate the kids, and that way they'll always vote for Democrats. They're telling black women it's okay to be fat, even though they're cutting their life expectancy by a third, because that's now, now you're an identity group. And it's all very sinister. It's all it's all wicked. And I think the American people see through it. And I think a reckoning is coming in about four weeks. And it's not genuine. And I think this is part of it. It's all uh, it's all lie. Um, It's the Larry Elder was helping me work this through. Uh, because we were talking to him about his Uncle Tom 2 documentary, and he features a guy named Eric Mann in it, who is a translucent white man who trained the key activists in Black Lives Matter and Marxism, and he admits that he's a Marxist, and the whole point of you know, training Patrice Cullors and all these Black Lives Matter people was to advance Marxism, and he's open about it. And uh, I, I always sort of made fun of Black how, how Black Lives Matter became Black Trans Lives Matter really quick, John. I would occasionally open segments of the show saying that as we say on the show, black trans lives matter. Like I, I would say it because it's funny to me, but to hear Eric Mann explain it is that he is talking about how Alinsky, Saul Alinsky, the Saul Alinsky, talked about how you can't have, uh, you can't build coalitions around one issue. You need to be able to bring in more people to your cause by expanding your slate of issues. Because if you only focus on one topic, then it, you, you're going to have a limited base of activists and you want to recruit as many people to your cause as possible. And so when you have that as a guiding light and he's an Alinsky acolyte, then you start understanding how Black Lives Matter quickly became Black Trans Lives Matter because these are groups with grievances. Uh, they have somewhat similar aims of dismantling traditional American society. And then you pull in the trans into the Black Lives Matter and all of a sudden your coalition's bigger. And so I'm sitting there making fun of it. I'm supposed to be, you know, a smart guy trying to teach people about the news. And I'm getting rolled here because this is part of the plan. And hopefully it backfires, John, but it's not going to if we don't start talking about it. I I do think it's going to backfire. And you're right. We do need to talk about it. And we need to be, and this is one of the things I love about what we're doing at Breitbart. We are just in your face about how wrong this stuff is. 
Yeah. You are grooming kids, period. And the media can say anything they want about that narrative, but we just keep telling the truth. You are grooming children. You are mutilating children. Yeah. This trans agenda is total lunacy. Men cannot get pregnant. Men cannot become women. And we're not going to change the way we use it. We're not going to use your stupid they, them pronouns. And that's what you have to do. It has to just be in your face. We have to remind people because everyone in America, and this is why, adding to your point, it's important to talk about it. And they need outlets like Breitbart. We're not even screwing around. You're a man. You're not a woman. You're not pregnant as a man because you're a woman. We're not using your pronouns. We're ridiculing your pronouns. We have to keep doing that so that the American people know they're not allowed alone. And that gives them the courage to do the same thing. And again, I go back to Trump. That's what Trump did. Trump gave us the courage to say things that we that, that people weren't saying before, like deport the illegal aliens. Everyone was like, are we, are we allowed to say that? And Trump's like, no, deport the illegal aliens. The Iraq war was a disaster. Well, we can say that now. So it's important to keep doing that because you're right. If we don't keep talking about it, people are going to be afraid to say what they know is true. Exactly. And it's the, you know, we're afraid to say stuff like it's an invasion of our southern border. And I know that there are moments culturally where you uh, saying stuff that's too intense is just going to divide people. It's going to turn people away. But uh, clearly it's been an invasion. And then now all of a sudden we're seeing the fentanyl come over and families are concerned that they're going to get their, you know, Halloween candy laced with fentanyl. And all of a sudden they're like, well, maybe we can't say invasion now. Uh, but well, it, it someone's got to say the water's warm. And that's one of our roles at Breitbart. So long as social media will, you know, not completely censor us, which is a, a uphill battle every day. But it is something with, when you think about this trans moment in particular, it's going to age so poorly as time goes on. It's going to be so clear that this was one of the most destructive hoaxes in the history of the the Republic. And uh, it's just a matter of trying to at Breitbart. If we can be an accelerant for us to get to that point, we can save people's livelihoods. There's going to be so many horror stories, John, that are just going to accumulate and accumulate, and accumulate until we finally stop saying uh, stop and say, we need to stand up to the left. We need to stand up to these woke groomers and say that you cannot touch our children anymore. And it is, we do today, we do yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, and, and someone has to be on record fighting against this. There has to be historical record that someone stood up and said, no, this is wrong. This woke stuff is wrong that what you're doing to art is wrong, that what you're doing to the children is wicked and evil, and we know what your agenda is, and it, someone has to be on record, just, just for history's sake, that, that they stood up against this. Because if you look back at the McCarthy era, and what we're going through now is very similar to the McCarthy era, who are the people that are remembered fondly? It's the, it's the artists who spoke up. It's, it's, you know, it's Arthur Miller in the, in, in, in the plays that he wrote, and the subversive art that, that fought against McCarthyism. It's, it's uh, uh, the, the journalists, the few journalists that stood up against it. And that's where that's the side of history we have to be on. I will say, John, that I also accept the pronoun chef, though. I know some people like to use he and, or him with me. I think chef is acceptable. It's just something <laughs> I enjoy. And um, it's 
It, it's something I don't know if you ever worked in a kitchen, John. I know you had a lot of odd jobs before becoming a journalist and a writer, but the it, there's something so deeply satisfying about how everyone calls the chef chef. It just is really a. Uh, it's a source of bond. I like lingo. I always have. Um, anyway, um, let's get into some of the stuff that is uh, on your mind lately. And uh, I, I guess we should start. Um, I guess I want to start with the. Can I get an update on how um, uh, uh, Will Collie was doing right now? Uh, how's Bros doing? How did it go when it, Bros? We were shamed into trying to watch this movie from this very unlikable guy named Billy Eichner, and the, the director was yelling at us, and Star was yelling at us. We had to go see this, or else we're bad people. But even though um, you know we, we just didn't want to watch this stupid movie, like who cares? But it's the, the how how'd that go? Did people show up in week two? Yeah, there was Bros is just it, 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 in its second week it dropped about fifty five percent. That was after a humiliating opening. So after two weekends, Bros, despite ninety percent approval on Rotten Tomatoes, besides total awareness throughout the country because everyone's talking about it, despite tens of million dollars in studio push, after two weekends it hasn't even made nine million dollars, and that is really a testament to the truth because the movies are one of the last places in our culture where you actually have to attract people in order to have a hit. I mean, TV now is so atomized that Jimmy Kimmel can't attract a million people a night to watch his terrible late night show, but he still gets a three year contract extension because that's just how the TV industry is now. And with streaming, you really don't know who's watching what. But the movies are still a pure democracy. And and you cannot fudge the movies and you can't turn a movie into a hit if it's not a hit because the box office numbers are just raw numbers. And so you look at a movie that tried to pretend, even though there's been tons of gay movies, a lot of them have made money, that pretend to be the new thing, that pretend to be a... a uh, you know, his making history. It was a openly gay movie. It was hostile towards heterosexuals. It was dialogue filled with talking points and it had graphic, graphic, hard R rated sex. And it's a total flop and no amount of emotional blackmail, no amount of subterfuge, no amount of shaming could get people to watch that movie, including gay people because if you when you make nine $9 million dollars at the box office, that means only about ninety thousand people have seen your movie, and there are a lot more than ninety thousand gay people in this country. But even they don't want to see Billy Eichner naked. Um. Yeah. Enough said. I don't even think we need to belabor anymore. So, uh, R.I.P. Bros. Success. Um. John, let's turn to Kanye. Uh, Kanye was gave a super compelling interview on Tucker on Thursday. Uh, and then he chose to light himself on fire with some horrible social media posts over the weekend. All of this seems to be pretty garden variety. Kanye, alternately infuriating and intelligent, and um, at the and you know d- d- disappointing and exciting and all that stuff is why people have been so uh, interested in him in his career for the last fifteen years. Uh, but do you have any uh, deep thoughts on any of this? Yeah, you know, you just have to be careful who we who we throw in with. I know that we're dying to find people. Um, that represent us in the culture and, and, you know, not represent us as conservatives or represent us as, you know, white people or anything dumb like that, like the Democrats do, but just represent our ideas. And, and most of all represent our, our notion that 
you know, we should be allowed to say what we believe and not be punished for it. And, you know, Kanye is, you know, he's an iconoclast, but he gets himself in trouble constantly. Um, and I know that, you know, I know that a lot of people are saying that he tweeted some anti-Semitic stuff, but, you know, he was taken offline before he could do that. I think that's what he was threatening to do was to go after the Jews or something. And you just never know what he's going to do. And I don't know what his issues are. And I don't like it when people diagnose people over them, you know, that they don't know, well, he's got mental issues or something. I don't, you know, we don't know any of that. You never know if there's a method to his madness, but you just got to be careful who your heroes are because they're going to tend to disappoint you. Kanye West is his own man. And um, he's certainly capable of creating controversy and saying things that, that, uh, that are unacceptable. And like I said, you know, you gotta, you gotta take the good with the bad, but just be careful who you throw in with. Yeah, exactly. And this is always the issue though. I think with Kanye, for me, at least I, I feel like I can separate him being nuts and him saying smart stuff, which he does both. But I think a lot of people can't. Uh, and the, the case in point was Elon Musk, um, where, uh, he said a couple stuff we liked, so then we excuse his, you know, wanting China to colonize Taiwan, comments like that, and the fact that he is a showroom um, in the Xinjiang region where there's a little ge- literal genocide taking place in China. And, and we were cool with that because he said some stuff we liked on Twitter, and it doesn't like Elizabeth Warren, which is, uh, I think, was a big mistake, and I think that's aged poorly. And yet we keep, this is Lucy with the football, they keep pulling it back, and we keep like, oh, there's a pop culture figure who says something we like. We must love them, and then they burn us, and that's what happens. Yeah, it's, and it's a it's a constant cycle, and you know they got this thing called gay baiting, where they, you know, Star Wars was accused of that because they had one lesbian kiss over nine movies. It's, well, you get us all to watch this movie, and then you don't do anything. It's just, this is pretty much the same thing. It's it's just conservative baiting. I'm going to say what the rubes like. And they're all going to like me now. It's going to increase yeah. my audience. I mean, it's so Never clear Elon was doing that. Yeah. He didn't care about conservatism. And it's like, and he just acts like, like he just rolled so many of us in that regard. Yeah. And that's, that's how it feels. You feel a little suckered afterwards and you just have to be careful who you throw in behind. But, you know, Kanye at the same time and, and even Elon Musk, you got to give them credit because they are willing to go against the left and they do pay a price for that. Um, it, you know, Elon Musk suddenly was public enemy number one. And, and you know, it's same with Kanye. Kanye, what they did to Kanye was appalling. Uh, it just reminded me of what the Democrats did to blacks in the Jim Crow South when blacks, quote unquote, got out of line. And uh, so you got to give them some credit, but you can't just throw in with them, though. You have to be wary because, again, it's they do bait us. But one thing that's sad to me is that he said so many things in that interview with Tucker that are actually true and interesting and worth talking about. Like when he pointed out, I'm going to read a direct quote. When Lizzo loses 10 pounds and announces it, the bots, that's a term for like telemarketer callers on Instagram. They attack her for losing weight because the media wants to put out a perception that being overweight is the new goal when it's actually unhealthy. Like It's so right on. And it also just reminds you of how 
super uh, unhealthy people who are super heavy are they're the ultimate consumers and they're all part of the worst instincts of late stage capitalism that we want to glorify people that consume 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 uh, to the mm-hmm. point where they're wildly unhealthy and then we like congratulate them and say you're beautiful and you're making beauty bombs like which is of course completely counter evolution and science and biology and and yet we try to hoax people into believing this and then if anyone goes out of line and stands up against the woke mob and says this is not okay this is not great then and it is preferable to live a healthier lifestyle then all of a sudden you get canceled online and people magazine writes something negative about you and you know he taps into that and that's the type of stuff where it's more resonant when he says it john than when i say it on conservative talk radio but now we can't talk about that now right and that's and that's why you just wish he would get out of his own way but you know, the thing about Kanye is that he is a genius. He is a legitimate genius. We don't have a lot of legitimate geniuses in our culture. And a lot of legitimate geniuses are extremely complicated. And they're always pushing the envelope to see what the reaction is going to be. And it's part of their plan. It's part of their part of what they do. Andrew Breitbart was a legitimate genius. And he would push the envelope. And he was a lot smarter than Kanye when it came to, you know, he never did anything like this, but you just see that with geniuses and that they, and they frequently get themselves in trouble. But you have, like you said, you have to take what Kanye says. And the smartest thing he said about the, the Lizzo issue was that it's another left wing approach to genocide, like abortion against the black culture. There's just something in Democrats. There's just something in the far left that wants to see black people exterminated. And you did it, you know, they, 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 Democrats wow. are the ones that owned the slaves. They're the ones that, that created Jim Crow. They're the ones that created the Ku Klux Klan. And now you have abortion and you have Democrats releasing criminals in black neighborhoods, just destroying these neighborhoods, black people dying. It's Democrats that are behind the public schools that, that, just, that also create these factories that destroy these kids. It's Democrats telling black people that America, that you can't succeed in America, which just decimates the black population. It's Democrats letting the fentanyl in that is disproportionately affecting black people. And it's Democrats now telling them, hey, it's great to be fat, fat women. That's great. Be be overweight when obesity is is it, it is just the road, not just to not just to health ruin, but psychological ruin. There's no way on earth Lizzo is happy. You know, you just see her, you just see her lifestyle and it's all about the dopamine hit, trying to pretend she's happy. Here's my plane and here's my money and here's this and here's that. And you know, that woman is miserable and it's, and that's something Kanye put his finger on. He understands what Democrats are trying to do to the black population. Yeah. It's just not dealing with reality and reality's terms and what the real threats are to groups of people. And, uh, it's. A, it is something that people, we, you almost have to coach yourself into not seeing reality, and society does it as a big collective. Um, I want to get your thoughts on, uh, you had a story uh, on uh, the Irishman, Paddy O'Rourke, a.k.a. Beto, who uh, hails from Ireland, even though he impersonates a Latinx or Latinx person in Texas, and is getting his uh, butt kicked, it appears, uh, going up against Governor Abbott there. You went to a Dixie Chicks concert. They're known as the Chicks now, because they don't like Dixie for some reason, and uh, he got booed. Uh, why Why uh, did this catch your eye? Well, it caught my eye because 
number one, it was a slow news day. That was the primary reason it caught my eye. Well, Monday it, holidays. It are, yeah. What is he doing at a Dixie Chicks concert? Why is Beto <laughs> four weeks away from point. an election? Right. And you're, it's a Saturday night, and you're hanging out with your base instead of going out and trying to expand your base. What are you doing? And it just tells you a lot about Beto as far as his total unwillingness to get out of the bubble. And he's doing something that most Texans don't like, which is hanging out with these awful, these three awful women, the Dixie Chicks, who have no class. Because after they, after they talked about Beto and endorsed him, they, they put a video up making fun of Republicans. So what's he doing? And it just, you know, he's such a loser. He's now going to lose three major elections in a row. He lost his best chance at becoming a, a star when he lost to Ted Cruz. He lost the presidential election in the most humiliating fashion possible. And now he's going to lose this election and just hope and, and to get booed at a, at a, how do you get booed at a Dixie Chicks concert? That's your base. And even his own base is booing him. And I think they were booing him not because they're not going to vote for him, but, but they're booing him like, what are you doing here? I sent you $50 to your campaign and you're hanging out at the Dixie Chicks concert. Why aren't you out in, in West Texas shaking hands? Why aren't you out at some county fair somewhere? Why are you hanging out here? So the whole thing, it, I just thought it was very symbolic of what a loser this guy is. And hopefully this is going to be the end of Beto mania because you, how many elections are you allowed to lose? And hopefully we're close to the end of Stacey Abrams mania because she's about to get walloped in, in Georgia by a much wider margin than she did the first time uh, because this is the second time in a row she's tried to become the, the, the governor of that state. Yes, it's true. And she continues to not concede the 2018 election. She won't do it, even despite all the election integrity talk. Um, uh, and um, she has been posting some beauty bombs online, though. I got to say that, John. Just It's the just <laughs> a, 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 a unbelievable type of photo shoots you get from the Abrams campaign. Um, but I will say with her that her uh, uh, there is something bittersweet about what I'm about to say. Um, I think the photo of her sitting clearly a deeply unhealthy person um, with no children amongst a bunch of children who were masked during the end stages of the pandemic when she was unmasked, um, I think is one of the photos of the century and is just something that is very hard to see. It, it, people can come back from so much. People can be if you just look at Joe Biden and you look at the Clintons and you look at Donald Trump. I mean, there's so many things you can bounce back from politically. I, it is still hard for me to picture that photo existing and having someone having a career at a national level politically. It is just uh, there's something when you target the kids and when the kids become political pawns for you and your ambitions, it just becomes uh, it becomes something. There's something sacred about that. Even in our society where nothing's sacred. Uh, it feels like that was the beginning of the end for me. You know, and that's, you know, because I saw that photo because all the kids are masked. She's not, and she's the obese one. And you saw some of that photo. I didn't, because when I saw that photo, all I thought was, how is she going to get up? (laughs) I would love to see the video of her getting up off the floor. That's the only thing that I thought of, and I know that's terrible. Wow. you saw no, but it's a I look. Look, she she she's using the kids' political pawn, so it's uh, 
you know, I'd say there's, I think we can lower the, lower the bar for uh, the humor in this regard. Um, speaking of low bars, MSNBC has put a person named Alex Wagner in Rachel Maddow's slot. It's not going well. Um, Alex Wagner has been someone that we've been, in, the people been insisting we want to watch her on television for at least 15 years or so. I don't think anyone does. Um, so how's her show going? Am I wrong? Yeah, it's just another example of how the media is determined to never change. And we see the same thing at CNN. They're cowardly. You know, CNN, this, is, this is the theme. This is this is just going back to the top of the segment. I want you to finish, but it's just the theme of this is all cowardly for people just not to say, hello, these people don't work. Like, why, why do we have to keep going right. backwards? Go on. Right, right. So, they, so Alice Wagner was on MSNBC a few years ago. She bombed. And I think she was on during the day. And she's an attractive woman. I mean, you know, she has everything going for physically. Yeah, as seems far smart. As being, mm-hmm. What's that? Yeah, she seems smart. Yeah, she's good looking. There's no reason yeah, she yeah, shouldn't she, be a hit. And she's got a Showtime show also that no one watches. Yeah, so, so, so their top star decides she's tired of the cable news, you know, gerbil wheel. You can't blame her. You know, Rachel Maddow is very smart. She's probably tired because she's just repeating herself every night. So she decides she's going to go to one night a week. And who? And what do they do? Instead of looking for someone to put in there who might be able to replace Rachel Maddow, they go back to the, for lack of a better term, the trash bin. Well, who? who you know, let's dig through the garbage here, who we threw away, and, and, this, this, and have them refill in the show. It's the same thing at CNN. Okay, well, you know, let's we we, we got two prime time slots open. Let's go into the trash bin here. Who 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 already sucks, and let's put them on prime time. And it they just move the boxes around, and they are determined. And it's all ideological. Ratings mean nothing to them. No sane network would take Jake Tapper, who's a loser, at four o'clock and move him to nine o'clock. No one would take Alex right. Wagner. Is, you know, as attractive and smart as she is and move her to Rachel Maddow smart. You've already proven that you failed and you just fail upwards. So it's all ideological. That's what they're looking for. Who is going to push the narrative at this hour? That's all we care about, even if it costs us ratings and even if it costs us money. All we care about is pushing the left-wing agenda. And, and we know why. It's a corporate thing. It's a CYA thing. It is 100% about if she fails, then will me, the executive who put her in charge, will I get off the hook and not get fired myself? And that, and that's right. If you put someone who's already been on, you can't say, well, how are we supposed to know? I mean, she's been on. She's a known commodity. She's a professional. She's a pro. Alex Wagner's a real pro. We know that about Wagner. She's a pro. Like, and then that way they can get themselves off the hook. And that's why corporate media is never going to change because there's not there's no disruptors in that because there's no incentive to disrupt. All the incentive is to do safe stuff. Um, John, I, I've got to run, but I got to get a quick take on because this is adjacent. A late night is uh, comedy is the least cool content now, I think, on the entire television set. <laughs> um, and you get Stephen Colbert hanging out with Dr. Fauci with uh, Halloween, you know, bunny ears on or something. It, it's the it, it's a this is this is really the last the, the end stage of this medium, I think. Yeah, it is. You have I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with late night. They're even talking now about shutting down some of the shows because they're not, they're not profitable anymore. Uh, they're talking about maybe Seth Meyers and they're not, I don't think they're going to be replacing some of the people that have left because it's just not a profitable thing to run. You even have NBC talking about giving up its 10 PM hour 
to local affiliates so they can run mash reruns because the cost of producing an hour-long drama and what they're making from it, it it just isn't worth it anymore. So, I mean, late night is dead as far as a pop culture phenomenon that captures the American imagination the way Johnny Carson did and David Letterman did and Arsenio Hall did. And now you just have these guys like Jimmy Kimmel, who, like I said, you know, he does, he can't even get a million viewers, um, but they're going to renew them for three years. And it's just about pushing the agenda. Again, it's all political. It's not money. But if you're money driven, you do not hire Jimmy Kimmel for that job. It is all political. They want these ideologues in those, in those spots. And that's more important to them than money. That's more important to them, which should be their number one goal, which is entertaining the public, which is a great way to make money. I mean, hello. But that's everything goes back to politics and ideology and pushing the narrative. That's all these people are about now. John Nolte at Nolte NC on Twitter. Read everything right to Breitbart News. I certainly do and look forward to it uh, every time I can. John, thank you, my friend. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thanks so much to producers Zach and Greg Eben and Robert Marlowe, who helps me pick topics. All of you who went to mysonhunter.com and got the movie. We're closing in on two years since the laptop from Hell Scoop broke by our own Emma Jo Morris at Breitbart News, uh, though she was at New York Post at the time, of course. A great way to uh, commemorate the event is to watch the movie. We appreciate that. And sharing our content all over the social web is a big deal. The algorithms are uh, not taking too kindly to some of the right-of-center content these days as we head in towards the election. So uh, let's beat them with our grassroots efforts. That's all. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks again. Thanks again.